0: Do we have a bit of banter? Do you need one?
1: Um, do we need to do banter? I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, um, banter, <laughs> banter, yeah. <laughs> I banter. <laughs> what were you banter?
0: And okay, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised by this movie in many ways.
1: <laughs> to say I was regretting my decision. I, I think this would be something I'd show to my kids.
0: Oh, good to I think
1: it's about a father's love for his child. Oh, absolutely, yes. And uh, a complete stranger's love for that man's <laughs> child. He wore really
0: <laughs> ugly outfits. <laughs> Puke yellow, prom night, pale blue, you know. I, I don't even know <laughs> where to start <laughs> with this film. Definitely not a movie I would consider watching unless you tell me to. Hello, my name's Michael Kane
1: And my name's Michael Kane And this here is a gold. And if you don't know, in this podcast, I... Michael Kane, along with me, Michael Kane, interview a guest about their favourite movie. Michael, who are we interviewing today? It's actually Derek here.
0: <laughs> and this is our very special Christmas episode with Peter's wife, the lovely Alicia. I'm very excited to have you on. Thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you, Derek. Thank you, Pete. No
0: worries. What movie do we have today?
2: Well, when I was approached by Pete to do the Christmas special with you guys, I thought there was only one film that I could possibly do, and that is The Muppet Christmas Carol from
0: 1992. Yay. Or as I like to call it, hello, my name's Michael Caine. It's Christmas. Not many people know that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Or, as I like to call it, Gonzo and Rizzo introduce children to literature.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: Or, as I'd like to call it, Michael Caine's Christmas Carol. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a lot of Michael Caine in as this As you get,
0: probably guess, Michael Caine's <laughs> in this movie.
1: <laughs> I'm going to give
0: a synopsis. Cool. It's a retelling of the classic Dickens tale of Ebenezer Scrooge. Scrooge. <laughs> Miser extraordinaire. I just can't stop thinking about Michael Caine now. (laughs) He is held accountable for his dastardly ways during nighttime visitations by the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. It's a very brief synopsis.
1: Does it end up with a happy ending? I can't remember. Um, Don't think so. No. Well, it's Michael Caine. Normally, they're pretty violent films. (laughs) <laughs> this movie, Alicia, what's spurned this on?
2: Well, The Muppet Christmas Carol has become a bit of a family tradition. I don't know how it started, um, but I don't think it's going to end anytime soon. Every year we like to get together to watch Muppet's Christmas Carol. And, um, and it's like our family Christmas anthem in a way. We quote it all the time.
1: Wow. And I'm actually beginning to quote it as well because I've been getting doused with it over the last few years.
0: Oh, yeah?
1: <laughs> yeah. When, when Alicia was talking about this, this movie um, as the one that she wanted to do, and I was looking up uh, information about it. All of the songs just started to play in the back of my head, just endlessly.
0: Well, that's the thing. We actually watched this all together last year, last Christmas. And this that's was it. the first You're time- You're
2: part of the tradition. <laughs> I am.
0: It's, I, it's was, like a virus. That was the first time I ever saw it. But now I watched it again, just in prep for this. And those tunes, they hit you. <laughs> They're very like memorable. When was the first time you saw it, Alicia?
2: I actually- have no idea when the first time i saw it was i was trying to think of this and i was very young when it came out in the um the cinemas um so i don't think i saw it then i think it was later on but it's it's just become so much a part of my family and christmas that it's almost as though there was never a time when i didn't know what the muppets christmas carol was (laughs)
0: oh yeah wow and
1: um pete would you say you're a Christmassy guy? Um, look, I love the feeling of Christmas um, when it comes around. I think as I've got a little bit older, I'm trying not to pay t- too much attention to all of the uh, advertising and, and stuff you're bombarded with and just focus on the stuff that I enjoy about Christmas, which is holidays and family and um complaining that I'm not getting enough rest.
0: Yeah, because I was going to ask you, how much has Alicia changed that? Because <laughs> it's all about Christmas with you, Alicia, right?
2: Our family do Christmas like, uh, I don't know how to explain it. My mom is extremely into Christmas. She's recently had a countdown of the number of uh, nativity scenes she has in the house, and I think she might have got to around 33.
1: Oh, oh wow. wow.
2: <laughs> I feel like that's a good indicator of how Christmas rolls in our families yeah.
1: and they've got the the big tree and they've got the train set around the tree and uh everyone there there's the um the invite that everyone receives to come and set up the Christmas tree which is uh, another one there's Christmas is not a tradition in the terms of it being a day it is there's a build up to it there's all of these things that go on there's the making of the pudding and
2: it's a festival it's a festival
1: <laughs> it's, it's a never-ending festival
2: we have the christmas before the christmas Yeah, <laughs> basically. and then the christmas that happens just before the christmas There is so. and much then we back. have the christmas that happens after christmas <laughs> oh
1: wow yeah that's that's where we all go on holiday and continue to eat all the food that's left over from christmas because there was Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say last basically till the next Christmas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> for a whole year. Because there were other Christmas films as well that were sort of on this list, weren't there?
2: There were. I am very much into Christmas films. Uh, I've actually this year um, expanded my Christmas viewing. I watched Elf for the first time.
0: Oh, how was that? Will Ferrell.
2: Uh, yes. And uh, and I have to say it's not going to make my um, my top two list, but I don't think much would be able to make the top two list because it's pretty full, 50% being Muppet Christmas Carol (laughs) um, and the other 50% being uh, Miracle on 34th Street, which Uh, is my other all-time favourite Christmas film. Um, the the newer 90s version as opposed to the older version which I haven't actually seen
0: and well this film is a Muppets film and the Muppets were a massive part of my childhood as well the Muppets movie is on my mug list uh did you have a favorite Muppet Alicia
2: uh look I didn't watch the Muppets as in the television series um all that much as a child I uh I think the Muppet Christmas Carol was really my first introduction to Muppets. Oh. Um, so I just loved all of the characters. A Kermit, I always call him Kermy, Kermy. is my um, is probably my favourite. But a close runner-up would probably also be uh, a Rizzo the Rat.
0: He's great <laughs> and, in this, yeah. Uh, and
2: Gonzo is another favourite. <laughs>
0: yeah. um,
2: there was a Muppet movie. I forget the name of it. Um, But it focused on uh, Gonzo and it was about him meeting his family and uh, him being an alien and a bit different from everyone else. And there was this hilarious scene in it where he's uh, eating his breakfast cereal and the cereal is letters and... and all of a sudden, uh, he, uh, he tunes out a little bit as he's sort of monotonously eating his breakfast and the, the breakfast cereal moves into a word that's like, you know, high hi gonzo or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so bizarre and quirky, but it appealed to my sense of humor.
1: <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah. Was it about the movies for you, uh, Derek, or, or was it more the television show? Oh,
0: it was both, actually. Um, there was, uh, because the movie was first. That was 1979 when the first Muppet movie came out. And, yeah, we had little puppets. My brother had Kermit and I had Fuzzy Bear.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah,
0: and there was the Rainbow Connection, that song, which made it onto the charts, you know. It was like, a, it was a big thing. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, the show as well with like Sattler and Waldorf and all that stuff, (laughs) all those jokes. I guess we can start talking about the background because it's Jim Henson was the creator and they're Muppets, which are marionettes crossed with puppets, um, which is where the name came from. And he created that with his wife Jane in 1955. Um, But he sort of started doing The Muppet Show in 76 to 81 And then The Muppet Movie came out in 1979 But it was his son who made this one The Muppet Christmas Carol um, Brian Henson And he also did Dinosaurs, the TV show Did you guys watch that one?
2: (laughs) I loved Dinosaurs I loved that too It was awesome
0: Not the mama, not the mama You
1: didn't actually (laughs) see the last episode, did you? You don't know about the last episode?
2: No, I I don't. I don't think so. I
1: do either. I is, don't think you want is, to Is it. An asteroid? <laughs> yeah, they'll oh, die. It's oh, <laughs> seriously, oh, like it's like climate change. I think it is. They'll oh, die from climate change. Oh. They'll freeze to death. Oh no,
0: <laughs> the ice age.
1: I'm not even joking either. Seriously, wow. like they'll die in the last episode. Oh man. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. I think I might have destroyed some childhoods. <laughs>
0: But he also did uh, Sesame Street. Were you a Sesame Street
2: fan, Leisha? Uh, I really enjoyed Sesame Street, but I, I must admit I wasn't like a big, a big fan of it. Um, I think I was probably more of a play school kid, actually. Oh, play
0: school. Yeah. Big Ted and Jemima. <laughs>
2: Indeed. Yeah. I loved Jemima. <laughs> In fact, Jemima was my imaginary friend. Oh, really? <laughs> <Very> odd.
0: <laughs> she didn't talk much, did she?
2: I honestly don't remember. <laughs>
1: I, I actually don't even know who Jemima is. Oh, uh, wasn't the play school? No, no.
2: Actually, I'm, I'm mixing up Jemima. It was Benita. Benita oh. was my imaginary friend. She was my favorite play school person.
1: Oh, gotcha. You
2: can't really call them characters. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Are they the? Were they the dolls that they just held on to and moved around in play school? Yeah, pretty much. Wasn't
2: it? Oh, oh, I see what you mean Yeah, yeah. the people who were working on play school Would play with the toys They'd sort of play with um, the toys And the the um, materials that they had there In a way that children would be playing with them And yeah. so they'd introduce different concepts through play yeah. So they
1: weren't puppets, in really? No,
2: no, no. <laughs> Yeah, this was
0: 1992 uh, It was the same year as Home Alone 2 Batman Returns, Aladdin um, so there was lots of cool stuff in our childhood as well. Did you? Have, what was your experience of nineteen ninety two, Peter?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, Home Alone two, yeah, uh, and Aladdin. Aladdin was just amazing. This this movie didn't uh, really hit me. I'm not sure if I even got to watch it until much later.
0: Yeah, me neither. Is the thing.
1: But I had Michael Caine. Um, it's not Michael Caine. But um, Home Alone 2, yeah, with the pigeon lady uh, <laughs> and the complete nut of violence. You know, when you're a little kid and you're just really excited to watch two robbers get brutalized and just. <laughs> I wonder how much violence occurred to adults as a result of those films. How many accidents around the house by kids mimicking?
0: Setting traps.
1: I reckon there's got to have been a few fatalities. Oh,
0: maybe. (laughs) Macaulay Culkin fatalities.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. But the the Muppet stuff is all very sort of meta referential. And we've sort of gone about this before with Mel Brooks and Marx Brothers. They sort of, they draw these bits to camera and like they joke about like, you know, with him and Rizzo and Gonzo, they're talking about the narration in first, you know, in first person and that you can't be Charles Dickens, you know, <laughs> things like that. Um, Did you pick up? I love that
2: aspect of the Muppets actually, especially in this film, because I think it's I think one of the really great things about this retelling of the story is that it doesn't the, the Muppets always assume that their audience, being children and adults, are intelligent. They don't dumb it down. In fact they make an effort to 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 have plays on words to make jokes that require someone to understand who it is that wrote this story you know they they there's a certain amount of required knowledge that they expect of the children and the adults watching and they play on that and so I think it really encourages learning and critical thinking yeah in a really fun way
0: and it makes it watching it as an adult more enjoyable as well, I found Because that was the first time I saw it last year with you guys And mm. so
2: I'd be interested to know a little bit about your thoughts on it, Derek Because it's almost like you're watching it for, you know, as an adult experience Yeah, I
0: loved it, It was it was great But I must admit, I haven't read the Dickens, have you?
2: No, actually, no. I haven't. I've uh, I've been meaning to put it on my holiday list. I think this should be the year for it.
0: Yeah. And I read one interesting thing um, with Michael Caine, Sir Michael Caine. He told Brian Henson, I'm going to play this movie like I'm working with the Royal Shakespeare Company. I'm never going to wink. I'll never do anything Muppety. I'm going to play Scrooge as if it's an utterly dramatic role and there are no puppets around me. And Henson said,
1: yeah, bang on. And you can see yeah. that in this film. You can so see that. And i I think it, it really works, too. Yeah. Because everyone around them is just crazy and he's just constantly being screwed <laughs> yeah. the whole way through. And it's funny, too, when he's treating it so seriously and he's talking to this big person in a Muppet outfit and he's going, oh, spirit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's great. He it really sells
0: it for me. Yeah. Um, but Alicia, did it um, sort of paint your experience with seeing Michael Kane later that this was your first?
2: Uh, look, I actually haven't seen too many Michael Caine movies. This is when I see Michael Caine, uh, Michael Caine's image, I always think of The Muppet Christmas Carol. I do. It's, <laughs> it's the movie I associate him with. Um, and and I actually think he'd be okay with that because I was reading an interview with him recently and he said that he actually did this film for his daughter. Uh, he, um, At the time this he was approached about the film, uh, his daughter was very young and she hadn't been able to see any of the films that he was in prior to this because they were really adult films. He couldn't let a child see them. And so he said yes to The Muppet Christmas Carol because he desperately wanted a film that he was in that his daughter could see. Oh, amazing. And... Um, And so, really, this is this is for her. And then he says that he uh, he now uh, watches it with his grandchildren. So I think um, this is a really special film for him, also. Um, And I think it was also a special film for the people involved with the Muppets because I um, understand that this was the first film produced uh, by um, the the company after uh, the death of Jim Henson.
0: Yeah.
2: And uh, and so it's dedicated to him and also a colleague who did the voice of a number of the characters who uh, had passed away prior to Jim Henson. And so it's dedicated to both of them. And so I think... I think that that context uh, really adds something to this film. It makes it, um, I think it already had a big heart and I think that that context solidifies it for the people watching it. It's, it's, um, it's palpable through the film, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's sort of passing on the torch as well to his son.
2: It is and I think it's a really nice story to be told a, a, as a, a vehicle for passing it on.
0: Yeah, that's great. Mm. Should we get on to the axe? Yeah, we should get into it. So, so act one. I had act one as Ease Good, Easy Good, Is Ebenezer Scrooge. Do you remember that song?
1: Yeah.
0: You can't forget okay.
1: <laughs> uh, Mine was, hello, my friend, I'm Michael Caine. <laughs> Alicia?
2: Uh, my alternate title for Act One was uh, Christmas is the Time for Money Collectors.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Mm. I think that the uh, the first act, I think this whole movie is really made by the music actually. I, I think together with Michael Caine taking this role so seriously in the best sense and also um, the lyrics and the pace of the music really makes it and I think that first act the first song, even there's sets magic that in the air. Dark tone, yeah. Um,
1: oh, not that song.
2: No, no, it's it's um,
1: <laughs> a dark tone. There's magic in the air. A <laughs> that, That's
0: a bit lighter, am Going Derek, to you. Okay. <laughs> Oh, we're talking about the Mars Goodman score.
2: Yeah. Oh. The um the the first the introduction to Scrooge is him pacing through the town. Oh, gotcha. And yeah. um and the focus is on his feet. And and I think that's it's just such a brilliant choice of opening I think because his feet are huge <laughs> like they, yeah. they look huge in that shot and they're meant to you know this is the weight of someone who's oppressing this this village or this city or these people and all these little people are around him and talking and singing about him and and the the first line I think is, when a cold wind blows, it chills you, chills you to the bone. And for me, I, I just love the way the Muppets, um, the lyrics of these songs are, they're so simple. They're like, they're poetry, really. They're, they're such that they evoke such images and feelings like when you, when I hear those lines, I I feel chilled by it, yeah. but without knowing any of the context or any of, um, or seeing the images in front of me, uh, the, those lines are, are really quite chilling. And, and I think that's what, to me, this movie is probably, um, one of the more profound, uh, reimaginings of Dickens tale, um, Because it sees it through the eyes of a child But it has the intellect of an adult, I think And so I I just And I think the music is a really big part of that
0: Yeah Mm. I'll just add that the music's added uh, Was composed by Miles Goodman Who did um, Little Shop of Horrors Oh, And La Bamba And Teen Wolf (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: Little Shop
0: of Horrors, yeah The musical stuff, yeah I know what you mean with that grabs you immediately almost mm. uh,
2: the songs are written I think by Paul Williams whereas the score was composed by miles oh Goodman. gotcha
0: okay thanks for that correction
2: oh no well, it's not really a correction it's um it's really more they were collaborating on it and uh, and I think that uh Paul Williams had written rainbow connection prior to that oh. so uh, oh, I wow. think he uh, he really knew what he was doing when it comes to uh, writing music for Muppets yeah well
1: you yeah, it is kind of a uh, it is a bit Different from writing a, a musical score Because they're not really singing It's not the purity of voice That goes into a Muppet song That evokes the power It's more of the the, the tune and, and the lyrics
0: Yeah, they all sort of sing in character With their different accents <laughs> Yeah
2: I really love that it's in character and they all have different accents. So, I, I was thinking to myself, what is a muppet really? And it's almost like they're a cross between an animal and a person. <laughs> they're cuz some are animals and some are just unidentifiable types of creatures. <laughs> but I think and I was thinking about what that might mean and I think the uh, animals have that pure way of looking at the world or at least we perceive them to be. Uh, quite pure in their outlook. You know, they have very simple drives and they wish to please more or less, whereas people are are very complex. And I think that's why the Muppets really worked for this story because it's about the transformation of a human, uh, but it's told in such a simple yet profound way. Uh, I really think the Muppets could only have done it that way. Because it's it's the Muppets are have that
1: um, it's almost uh, innocent naivety to it in a way. The innocent
2: naivety, yes, is is what really um, makes this movie special. I think um, because in a lot of ways, Scrooge is a very innocent and naive person. In that he he's cruel and he's harsh and he has one way of seeing the world, and he doesn't understand the complexity of it, and so the spirits are showing him that. Mm.
0: Well, yeah, one thing I'll add to the animals thing, like it opens with these pigs and (laughs) the pigs are just having a conversation. Ah, it was a fine meal. Yes, yes, wasn't it? What should we do now? (laughs) Let's have lunch. Oh, good idea. (laughs) (laughs) that very sort of simple animal life. (laughs) Yeah. You just sort of brought back to the fact, yeah, this is just a simple, simple story. You don't have to be too cerebral about it. Um, yeah. it
2: is. Yet I think that having that scene with the pigs, I always found stood out to me because it was someone other than Scrooge being completely blind to the poverty and the cruelty that they saw around them. Yeah. It's that for me they were the creatures of apathy and um and i think that it was i thought it was interesting that the muppets in their retelling of this chose to to really put that in the foreground because really i mean if you're going to be cerebral about it you know the the Creature, the Scrooge character is is created through an awful lot of people's apathy, mm. um, who who haven't really invested. You know, he's a lonely child. He's someone who who doesn't have friends. Who spends all of his holidays working. Who is directed into this career that maybe wasn't really what he wanted or maybe when he got there, he wasn't able to, uh, to, to see the, the joy in life, you know, the, the fuzzy bear scene through the movie with the the Christmas party of the first firm he works for. And he's still working and still trying to figure it all out. And fuzzy bear is trying to say, you know, relax, relax. It's okay. But he can't bring himself to. Um, And uh, so I think that, yeah, I think there's an awful lot in this film, actually. Yeah, um, I think I have to watch it again sort of... now.
0: Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I was just and, in it for and, the tunes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that too. And, uh, and I must admit, you know, we we haven't really had a discussion about this before. So it's it's interesting what you're saying because I, I really hadn't looked at it through that type of a lens. Um, yeah, it was all about the the peppy tunes and the... The seriousness of Michael Caine for me, and just uh, you know, just listening to his accent really is the only thing for me that really matters in this world. Uh, it's, but but this first act really is about introducing, setting the scene. Act two does it really start with when he goes into his home, and that's when the first ghosts arrive?
0: Yeah, I guess so. Because I had act two as ghost floats into a bar, barman says, "We don't serve spirits." <laughs> And that's when Marley and Marley appear in Statler and Waldorf. Yeah.
1: And, uh, my act too was, I'm Michael Caine and I need a good kick up the bum. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Doesn't get <laughs> old. <laughs>
2: Well, my Act 2 was uh jumping ahead just a little bit and it was uh what can tiny Tim not do?
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> and he's just, you know, he's just a because picture of for perfection.
2: Me, for me, Act 2 is although it starts in that dark place in the house with the Marley and Marley brothers and and then the 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 ghosts start appearing. I think that Tiny Tim is, uh, who's also introduced in that in Act Two, um, by the the ghost of uh, Christmas Present, and I think it's Tiny Tim that starts the catalyst of change in Scrooge, and he's sort of revered as this very small, quiet child, but very reflective also, and seems to be able to speak his mind, and uh, and I think that that strength of character appeals to Scrooge's character Mm. because he, uh, up until that point, he... He's disgusted with weakness, and he sees weakness all around him, uh, in his clerks who want to have ta- time off for Christmas, and in his brother who he sees as not managing his money or his family well, and and in his uh, his clients, the the people who have mortgages through him who can't seem to uh, pay their bills on time, and he doesn't understand that the world is more complex than. You either uh, can pay your bills or you are dedicated to work or you are not yeah. um, And I think he sees that Tiny Tim has this remarkable strength of character Yet he is so weak physically and so unable to look after himself And in um, Scrooge's mind would probably be unemployable for a variety of reasons And so I think that it it strikes a chord with Scrooge Yeah
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, once again, you just uh, introduced a concept I had not even considered. (laughs) Yeah, that's profound. (laughs) I like it.
2: I'm a big Muppets fan. Yeah. I guess this what happens when you watch it every year. I've watched this film so many times that I didn't even need to watch it in preparation for this podcast. I was was running it through my mind thinking I know all the songs Uh, and I know all the lines.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And the funny thing is is that when you talk about this, when we talk about it outside, you're just singing the songs and, and uh you know and enjoying just uh, the joy of the movie but there really is uh, a lot of layers that that i hadn't even really looked into and find it quite fascinating because i mean it'd be interesting reading the book to see whether any of this is sort of reflected Mm -hmm. so he does get introduced to to the ghosts and uh the first and one, the Ghost to of Christmas
0: Past, which was yep. so creepy. Even the first time I
1: saw it, I was just chilled by that. It's, oh yeah, it's, she's the f- that child. Uh, I, yeah, I gotta say, uh, Alicia, that child freaks me out every time I see it.
2: Well, do you know how they created that ethereal effect?
1: Uh, no. They killed someone <laughs> and took a photo of their body leaving, the the soul leaving the body.
2: No, Pete, this is a children's movie.
1: Oh, right. Well, the children don't need to know.
2: No, apparently, um, I was reading, they put that puppet in a, a big tank of baby oil with a green screen behind and were filming the puppet through the baby oil. Oh. But then the baby oil got a bit too expensive. And so they had to use water, which didn't really interact with the, uh, the puppet all that well. Um, but they, they got the scenes they needed anyhow.
0: Ah, oh, that's wow. cool. Because it looks very flowy.
2: Yeah, I was interested to know that because every time I saw uh, that ghost, it really did look a little bit apart from the other Muppets. It didn't mm. seem quite as you could pick up and touch it. Mm. And I, I wondered how they got that effect. I actually thought the whole thing was a digital effect, um, but no, it's, it's not.
0: Yeah, mm. it looks amazing. It's got these really pale eyes, um, but they go into their past and you find out a little bit of history about his first love, yeah.
2: yes, well, uh well that's it's actually uh it's interesting to note that in the original release of this film uh, and which was actually the original um that I saw with my brothers, there's this whole song that his uh, his past love sings that's admittedly a, a quite a slow part of the film. and um, I'm not afraid to say that, my brothers and I used to fast forward, <laughs> but you do that when you're kids. Yeah. Um, but it's actually been cut out since then. Apparently, in the the test runs with children, it was it was they saw that it was a bit slow, and kids probably wanted to fast forward it, and so they cut it out. Oh wow! So um, so the the past love doesn't really get as much uh, airtime as <laughs> as originally. Um, well, I
0: never saw that version. Yeah, did you, Pete? No, uh, no.
1: I, I think I, I have since seen the that song, and it was, yeah. I, I'll, it being the childlike person I am, yeah, I wanted to pass it as well. So, so that's the the past, and then we get the present of that big guy of Nomi Betterman.
0: Yeah, um, and there was a nice line in there. You're a little absent-minded spirit, and he says, "No, I'm a large absent-minded <laughs> spirit." <laughs> I love that.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And he ages throughout the um throughout the entire process. So I thought that was kind of clever. Oh, does he? Yeah, he does. He gets older and older as uh, just throughout that small piece of the present. Oh,
0: I didn't notice that. Like his hair is gray or something. Mm. mm. But there was like a heartbreaking scene with Fred and his wife Clara where they play the yes or no game, yes or no game and They bring it in as an unwanted creature and then you find out they're talking about Ebenezer and it's heartbreaking when you see the look on his
1: face. kind of face that only Michael Caine could do. (laughs) Were there any parts of this that are your particular favourite, Alicia?
2: I loved the ghost of Christmas present, actually. I, I loved the lighting of it. It was so warm. It just made you feel like you were at a Christmas day. And uh, I really love the music and this part of it. Seeing the the Cratchit family where well, I, I always felt terribly sad at that part. One, one of the uh, one of the things I was um, wanted to mention actually was, uh, I think one of the other reasons that, this film is is it, such a powerful portrayal of the the story is that it's so tangible it ta- i mean you've always got the scene of the cratchits and tiny tim and all of those things but it's the uh, the roasting of the turkey and the the sitting at the table and um, and i think the fact that the pe- <laughs> i say the people but the muppets that are there yeah. that are so lifelike mm. but but not at the same time. And and it's also the, I'll, I'll jump just briefly forward to the end, but one of the ways that Scrooge makes up for or tries to start amending his ways is by purchasing a beautiful Christmas dinner and all these gifts on the way and he's got people holding the gifts and taking them. And it's, so it's really, it's showing and I think this is this is where the the childlike component comes in. It's saying, okay, well, he's physically using his his wealth to purchase all of these things, and then he's giving it away. And as part of that, he's being brought into the families that he's he's now taking care of, and he's now um, attributing some of their situation to his own doing, and he's taking responsibility for that. And he's been brought into their family, and so I think that in that Christmas present part, that act two is where he first sees that it's possible to have a family Christmas that's happy um, and that's warm and where everyone is included and you don't have to have wealth to create that. And I think it's interesting that one of the scenes originally in act one is him refusing Christmas dinner with his own family and it's almost as though he's afraid to go in some ways because... Because it's so, uh, it's the immediate reaction. You know, this character is so um, is so set on being cruel, almost for the sake of being cruel. It's almost like he's forgotten why he's being like this. It's just a way of life now. Um, and so, I think physically being able to see how their family interacts, the Cratchit's family interacts at Christmas, is is very powerful.
0: Yeah. Mm. Wow. This is incredibly deep stuff. Well, I have to. Uh, I have to refer to my note about Miss Piggy being Yoda.
1: <laughs> We're just here to balance out the depth because there's none here. Because it's voiced by Frank Oz. And, um,
2: I didn't know he also did yoga. He does Yoda. 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 Yeah.
1: And I reckon he does yoga as well.
0: And there's one bit where he's like... I would give him a piece of my mind to feast upon. <gasps> and that's exactly <laughs> what he <did> to me. <laughs> I love Miss Piggy.
1: <laughs> yeah, she is a classic,
0: isn't she? She is brilliant. It's like Peter. I, I her, remember to turn the, the roast.
2: <laughs> and it's like
0: it smells so good, Mother. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> that's sass. It's all about the sass. Yeah, it's a bit of sass there. <laughs>
1: So so I guess that um, Yeah, so we have the, the past and the present And um, then we move forward into the darker part
0: The ghost of Christmas yet to come mm. And I just have ghost jokes What do baby ghosts wear on their feet? Booties
2: <laughs> 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 How do they keep it? They
0: exercise <laughs>
2: <laughs> Did you get these from a Christmas cracker?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think you got it from the pile of Christmas crackers they rejected. <laughs> well, mine was, I'm Michael Caine and I've seen the light. Good old Michael.
2: Uh, my Act 3 title was Muppets Make Everything Better.
1: Ah, oh, they do. Yeah, they do. They do. I feel like watching watching this sh- Again.
0: I really do now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. There's, like, so much deepness.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be looking at every animal and thinking, did they pick that animal specifically for that?
0: Why is this oh. vegetable talking to me? Yeah,
1: is it, is it the representation of uh, of lack of protein in people's diet?
2: <laughs> of course, it could just be that I've read way, way, way too much into this film. And, in fact, they didn't intend for any of this. Uh, no. So I think it's... It makes the, a lot I of think sense.
1: it's... The, yeah, it makes a lot of sense and I think it's the seriousness of Michael Caine that just brings it through, makes it think deep.
0: And so this is this is the act where he sees his grave mm. more gravy than of the grave. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, and it'll uh, be nice and spooky for kids too because you always got to have a bit of that spooky part.
0: Was this a bit scary? It felt a bit scary for a kid.
2: It was, but you'll notice that there was a little tagline by uh, Gonzo and Rizzo, I think, saying, oh, this is too scary for us. We'll see you at the finale. <laughs> and so it's sort of that fourth wall breakdown again yeah. where you think, oh, okay, it's a movie. It's all right. It's a bit scary, but there's going to be a finale. Yeah.
1: Yeah, this is something to look forward to. And, yeah. and that does harken back to that um, comment you made about how the Muppets sort of represent the child.
2: I think they really do, actually. Brings mm. it
1: back to the level of the child of, you know, we, we think this too. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Yeah, it's saying, oh, we're, we're on your side. We, we know all about, you know, what you're thinking. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then he sort of, he turns his, uh, his new leaf and um, they open, he, they, he gives a donation to Beaker. I love Beaker. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a gift for me mm. <laughs> and the music's swelling And it's just Beaker He's not saying anything
1: <laughs>
0: But then Michael Caine breaks into song That was amazing
2: Yeah. I also uh, read an interview where he said um, Michael Caine that is uh, That sometimes he's asked Whether he's ever sung in a movie And he says oh yes I have And uh, And then the person says Oh, uh, who did you sing with? And he says, "Come at the frog." <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they would have thought he's just taking the piss, but no. One would.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and this is where they—he was giving out all the gifts, and I did notice that he gives coal to the bookkeepers of the store. Of the store. Yes,
2: <laughs> that was great. And they're all uh, like they could have easily just had. You know, shoebox wrapped in wrapping paper style presents. You know, unidentifiable gifts, but mm. they they had specific gifts for. all, like there was a little piece of cheese for the the, the mice that were in this tiny little crack oh, of nice. or the wall, and <laughs> um, and the coal for the bookmakers. And you know, he's writing to my bookmakers, and it's it's really uh, to me it was it was saying at the time of watching it, you think, oh, isn't that cute? Isn't that sweet? But you sort of think, well it's really showing that his the seriousness with which he's taking his his new approach to life his it's not just going to be a broad brush oh i'm going to do this that and the other it's oh okay i can see a specific need there and there and there and i'm going to do this this and this to sort it out uh, i really liked that
0: yeah and then finally, he meets up with uh, the Cratchits, and he says, "I'll oh, raise your salary." And Miss Piggy's all pissed off, and she's gone. I'm about to raise you right off the
2: pavement.
0: <laughs> 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 oh, Miss Piggy, uh,
2: <laughs> it's such a nice moment, isn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it has a really uplifting end Where they're singing, and yeah, Tiny Tim lives. What more could you ask for?
2: Yep. Yes. <laughs> Well, um, an interesting thing about that last scene, which I always wondered when I saw it, uh, Scrooge's brother, his wife, is not in that scene. And I always wondered why that was the case. And I thought, oh, maybe she was not really such a major character. But I thought, well, that's a bit rough though, isn't it? But apparently she just wasn't available that day when they were shooting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: and...
2: And I hadn't realized that there was all this sort of conspiracy around it, like, oh, maybe you know Scrooge's brother is going down the way of Scrooge, and so on and so forth. And and so I found this website where they were like dispelling the rumor. Uh, <laughs> oh wow,
1: gosh! <laughs> so there are other people who watch this fanatically.
2: Apparently, I'm not alone. <laughs>
1: it's
2: always nice to know. Yeah, you
1: know. Actually, I, I, I can see a lot of uh, a lot of Alicia coming out of this film because um, when Alicia's looking at presents and we'll be just walking along and she says oh that'll be perfect for that person and you know that uh specifically buying something specifically tailored to a person and i'm like let's get a candle (laughs) sounds good (laughs) (laughs) not that bad that close i think sometimes (laughs) unless it's a guy i know exactly what a guy wants and that's a um a Nerf gun
2: I'm not sure this is correct Oh Pete. really?
1: I'm, I'm pretty sure the, That Chris Kringle present Went down pretty well All the guys were looking on enviously Because he mm. got a He got a Nerf gun
0: Oh Nerf Nice
1: <laughs> See <laughs> <laughs> Derek <laughs> Whose side are you on? <laughs> Why? <laughs> well I am editing this together so. <laughs> Did, Were there any
0: final thoughts of the film?
2: Uh, I just love this film, as I think is probably uh, very obvious at this point in the podcast. Uh, it's my favourite Muppet film and it's my favourite Christmas film. I think it does everything right. And mm. I think that Michael Caine was the perfect person to be there. And it um, it makes me love the film even more to know that it is so special to him also and that he really chose it for his daughter. Mm. And... Uh, and I, and I think that's just, that's really lovely.
0: Yeah. And how would you rate it on your nostalgia meter?
2: Uh, well, is, is a nostalgia meter like the, the best, uh, you know, is the, the best like number 10 as in it's fabulous or is it more about? Um, can you explain the nostalgia it, meter?
1: It, it, it's a really specifically designed concept. We're, we're, we don't you know, know what it know. is. Yeah, we. All <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: right, in that case, it gets a ten.
0: Yeah, okay. but they all go to eleven. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Sorry. Pete has like said eleven. I think on one of these. Yeah, so...
1: Okay,
2: I'm I'm one upping then. I'm going twelve. <laughs> twelve. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> no, eleven point nine. Well, that is,
1: Well, I mean that's that's that sounds like Christmas Eve to me. So.
2: Um,
1: How about you, yeah. Peter? Do you have any final thoughts? I, I do enjoy watching this at Christmas. It does bring a lot of uh, a lot of this the the positive spirit that can be associated with Christmas through because I know it's not always a great time for people, Christmas, but um, I think that it does represent a lot of the positive aspects, and, and uh, that's why I enjoy it, but also for the songs and Michael K. <laughs> um, because uh, you know that's really what's important <laughs> in life, isn't it? Um, Giving and Michael Caine Michael Caine uh, <laughs> it's a great it's a Christmas
0: film, film though I, the last year when I saw it with you guys it was the first time I saw it and it's so great and I think that's the way you have to watch it being shared with family you know yeah. in your new house with the Christmas tree and
2: friends
1: yeah. that's right you gotta buy a new house every time
2: <laughs> <laughs> you have to come and see it again with us because now we've got a new puppy
1: oh
0: yeah, yeah. Remy, yeah, Remy has
1: to be introduced your new little he muppet. He hasn't watched it yet. <laughs> he is such a Muppet. <laughs> well, I was just thinking there is another there is another Muppets movie that would probably be even more in your line because it's got Tim Curry in it. Oh is there one? <laughs> oh gosh. I think he is in Treasure Island. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah. But I do think this is probably the best. Yeah. So well, thank you so much for being on this, uh, uh, Alicia, and and one upping us in every single way about <laughs> no, the knowledge of movies. It know, was amazing. It's
0: just... I can't believe it. Thanks so much, Alicia. <laughs>
2: thank you very much for yeah. having me on, guys. It's been a lot of fun. And thanks, everyone. Merry Christmas.
1: Yeah, Merry Christmas. Um, and what song would you like to leave us off with, Alicia?
0: A song. There's magic in the air. <laughs>
2: Did I get right this time? No. So
1: this, well, there's only I one am, person here who actually I knows the lyrics. I am not to sing
2: on your podcast. I draw the line there. Sorry, guys.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> Hello, Mr. Humbug. Hello, Mr. Grimm. <laughs> All right. Thanks very much, Thanks guys. Thanks
2: so much. Merry Christmas. Hey, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.